the first pick in the 2018 NFL Draft. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Oh, what the hell you would hire Kevin Stefanski for? I'm sorry. I don't know. Back to pass. Looks going towards the end zone. And it's caught by Donovan Peoples-Jones. Touchdown! For the first time in 18 years, the Cleveland Browns are going to the playoffs. Welcome into a uh, Victory Monday edition of Nothing Rhymes with Orange. I am Riley McCormick. I am flying solo today because, friends, beauties, we have a birth in the podcast family. Corey and his wife, Hannah, have given birth to a beautiful baby boy named Riley. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be really, really cool to be a part of his life and, uh, to help raise him in any way that I can. I'm still waiting for the, uh, invitation to be his godfather, but I, I have a feeling it's in the mail. I'm, I'm probably going to get it at any day now, but yeah, it's exciting stuff. We got a Browns W and we got a, a new life, uh, in the family, but yes, tonight I am solo. I will be joined by, uh, Aaron. Uh, he is going to be backing me up since, uh, this is my first time doing the pod solo. He's going to have a bunch of good stuff for you today. He's going to be helping me out. So um, show him some love. And guys, the Browns. I know me and Corey talked about it last week. You know, we were kind of on the, uh, I guess, mindset of, hey, the Browns should lose because, you know, draft picks, things like that. You know, things to get better. Let's lock up a Garrett Wilson. Let's lock up a Jamison Williams. Uh, speaking of Jamison Williams, playing right now in the national championship. Um and uh, while we're talking about babies, um, Aaron, you know, how many uh, Hills Have Highs children are going to be conceived tonight uh, in either Georgia or Alabama if either one of them wins the national championship tonight? There are a lot. And I was in downtown Indy yesterday doing some of the festivities. And it was like, I don't know, I, I used to work in Mississippi. So I have a little bit of experience in the South. And it was like the South had migrated to Indianapolis, which was super I don't know, strange. There's just there's some sort of ambiance down there that they brought with them. And uh, I don't know. I think either way, it's going to be rowdy in downtown Indy tonight. I, I bet it is. I bet that's going to be a good time. You know, they, the people down in the south, they do things a little differently than we do up here in the north, um, both uh, on on the field and off uh, is, is, I guess, is the most appropriate way I could put it. But, yeah, let's uh, let's see how this game plays out. I think uh, everybody loses who's not an SEC fan, no matter what the outcome is. But, you know. Well, uh, it's still football. It's the last college football game of the of the year. And unfortunately, folks, the Browns played their last football game of the 2021 season on Sunday. And it was a W against the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you know, some Browns took partook, I guess. Uh, not a lot of not a lot of starter reps um, from some of our bigger names. Um, you know, Miles Garrett uh, played maybe half the snaps. Nick Chubb was out early in the third quarter. Uh, Denzel Ward didn't play. Baker Mayfield, of course, didn't play. Um, you know, it was a it felt a lot like a preseason game, you know, especially on the other side. We didn't have Joe Burrow. We didn't have we had Jamar Chase um, briefly before, after he broke the uh, the Bengals receiving record. Uh, they took him out, but they didn't have Tyler Boyd. They didn't have Joe Mixon. They didn't have T Higgins. They didn't have DJ Reader. They didn't have a lot of a ton of their starters. But it was a football game and the Browns did win it. The Browns. Um, finished eight and nine. Um, I think everybody can 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 agree that that was an incredibly disappointing season. Um, we're sad that the season's over, but I think a little bit a little part of us is happy that this season is over because it was not. Um, it was is a season to forget for a lot of reasons. Um, but you know, we're gonna be sad that football's gone. Is the is the way I always put it. The court. We're gonna be sad that it's gone. He loves draft season. We're going to have a, a ton of draft stuff to talk about with you because Corey is watching these prospects like crazy. Um, I don't know how much of that will slow down now that he has a, another life to take care of, uh, but I'm sure he's going to be all over that. And uh, the pod, in my opinion, is only going to get better because most of the time, a lot this season, we're talking about losses. We're talking about turmoil. We're talking about OBJ, you know, making his dad making videos about him being open. We're talking about our quarterback, you know, proving that he might not be our quarterback. You know, it's a lot of negative stuff. Now we get in the offseason, we get to talk about, you know, who are the Browns going to add? Who are, who, how are they going to make this team better? Who are they going to draft? You know, um, there's going to be the, the quarterback conversation all offseason. Um, I'm just going to let you guys know right now, it's going to, I mean, you guys aren't stupid. It's, it's going to be a thing. There, anytime 
there's any whispers about another team, you know, potentially moving on from um, a decent quarterback or maybe even not a not, not so decent quarterback, the Browns are going to, it's going to be all over Twitter. The Browns are going to be in it and we're going to be talking about it. So if that's not your cup of tea, if you're a, if you're a Baker stand one, you're probably not listening to this podcast because we are incredibly, incredibly brutally honest about Baker Mayfield on this podcast. Um, but if you are a Baker stand and you're listening to this, it's going to, it's going to be a rough couple months for you because um, you know, the, especially with these firings and these potential regime regime changes that are happening on this Monday um, and potential teardowns. I mean, the, the rumors are going to be flying and you know how Twitter is. Twitter is going to be, you know, drumming up all this noise, whether it's fake or real or whatever it is, you know, it's going to be, the Browns are going to be at the center of it because of the year that Baker had, because of this roster that the Browns have built that, you know, you guys saw it, you know, yesterday we had a bunch of backups playing and we beat the, we were still, we were beating the crap out of the Bengals backups. Um, you know, listen, that's, I mean, the, they scored, the Bengals maybe had that, aside from that long drive they had at the end of the game, they were only scoring, they only scored off a mistake from Case Keenum. Like it was a, it was a beatdown. Um, so this, this Brown team is deep and it is talented and we are a few pieces away, I think from being, you know, what we thought this team was going to be this year. And that's a Super Bowl contender. If we can get the quarterback, right. Whether that's Baker Mayfield getting his shit together and, you know, not being 2021 Baker Mayfield, or that's upgrading the position in some way, um, which is entirely possible. I know that, you know, a lot of people seem to think, and it is Baker is probably, you know, the most logical and the most, I guess, you know, it's more than likely Baker will be the quarterback next year. If you had to put odds on it in Vegas, you're going to go with Baker Mayfield. Straight up. Yeah, and, and the other thing about that, Riley, is that, like, there's not a lot of good other options. If you look at, unless you get some blockbuster trade, I mean, that is always a possibility. You've seen stuff about Jimmy G, Derek Carr, Kirk, maybe Deshaun. But, like, if you look at the free agent market, there is not anybody. I mean, top of the list, you got maybe, like, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, Tyrod Taylor. But, like, those guys, I mean, some of those are more or less realistic, but those are the guys that are free agent. And and that's, like, the top of the list as far as quality of play. So if you don't go with Baker, who are you going to go with? That entire list makes me want to vomit in my mouth, Aaron. Um <clears throat> So I guess more more so I'm thinking along the lines of what we have, the names that we have talked about in the past would be someone like a Kirk Cousins, who's, you know, coach and GM was just fired today. Um, whoever they hire, are they going to, you know, Kirk Cousins has $35 million guaranteed uh, next year, but that's it um, on his deal. So, I mean, if a team has cap space, that is a movable contract if the Vikings wanted to do that. Um so Kirk Cousins is probably towards the trending towards the more likely scenario, a scenario that I want. And I think that I've made pretty clear is Deshaun Watson. Um, you know, he's got some other stuff going on right now. Um, he is unlikely to waive his no trade clause to come to Cleveland. But, um, you know, now that Miami is, you know, has fired, I guess there's a rumor that, you know, the part of the appeal that Miami had because Miami was mixed up in all those rumors about Deshaun um, back in the middle of the season about training for him. Uh, I guess a lot of the lure was with Brian Flores, who the Dolphins just fired. So, I mean, does, does Deshaun probably want to still, would Deshaun rather go to Miami still, no matter who the coach is over Cleveland? Probably. I think, you know, most people who aren't from Cleveland would. Um, it is Miami. It is Florida. It is nice there year round. So, you know, the appeal is different. Um, but yeah, that's what I want. You know why? Because Sean Watts is like 26, 27 years old. He's on a very, very manageable contract. And before all this stuff happened, he was top five quarterback in the league. So why wouldn't I want that guy? That's, you know, that's top of the wish list, you know. And we're just taking out people like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson at this point because one, they're not going to waive their no trade clause to come here. And two, you know, the Packers are potentially going to win the Super Bowl this year. So I don't, I think that things might be, the ties might be turning and, in Green Bay and you know with Russell Wilson he says he wants to stay in Seattle he if he wants to stay in Seattle stay in Seattle but clearly he's made it he wants to like leave without being the bad guy essentially which is what it feels like um but yeah he just wants to go somewhere where his wife can 
you know, flourish too because, you know, he loves his wife, wants his wife to be happy, and he probably wants to be a bigger star too, let's be honest. And that's not Cleveland, guys. It's not. <laughs> we love Cleveland, um, but, you know, she's not a tire salesman. She's like a seer. So she's got to... <laughs> she, She's got to go somewhere where she can uh, sing and people are going to want to hear that. But, and I mean, but yeah, other guys, Derek Carr, Derek Carr looks a little unlikely now too, even though they might be changing theirs because they just made the playoffs. So you're really going to part with, you know, Derek Carr, um, you know, Aaron, you gave us a stat a couple weeks ago about how he's the, the, he's like leading the NFL actively in fourth quarter comebacks. You know, or do you want to part with that guy? Those guys aren't easy to find. Who are you going to replace him with? Jimmy G. Uh, Corey hates Jimmy G. Um, I don't hate Cor- Jimmy G as much as Corey does. You know, Jimmy G just let a, a fourth quarter, co- or he just let an overtime come. I think it was overtime last night against the Rams to beat them. I haven't seen Baker do that since, you know, a year ago against Cincinnati. I mean, okay, we could do worse. Can can Jimmy G run Kevin Stefanski's offense? I mean, he runs Kyle Shanahan's offense. They're essentially the same offense. Um. I mean, they're going to be moved. They, they drafted a quarterback third overall last year, guys. I mean, even if Jimmy G takes them to the NFC Championship game, I mean, you took the this quarterback because you didn't think Jimmy G was good enough. So you're going to play him at some point. So Jimmy G's probably the most, most, I guess, logical solution to that because he is, there's a guy who's going to, replace him in Trey Lance and you know he has run Kevin's fancy system does that get anybody excited not really does that get you excited Aaron does Jimmy G excite you well the thing with Jimmy G I think is that I think it comes down to a level of trust and honestly after the embarrassment that the Colts went through this weekend the same conversation is being had about Carson Wentz like yes the skill set is there but do you trust him? So that's that same conversation you're having about Baker Mayfield, where it's like, yeah, he can rifle the ball 45 yards downfield and nail a spot if he has to. But does he do that every single time? Does he do that when he really needs to? Can he do that on a consistent basis? So even if Jimmy G isn't the most exciting option as a replacement, does that trust factor or that consistency factor bring some more value to him being the potentially the next quarterback of the Browns? Yeah, that's a great point, and that is what I would use in the argument for Jimmy G. Is he, you know, is he the most athletic quarterback in the league? No. Is he a huge upgrade over Baker Mayfield? No. Is Baker Mayfield have a better arm than Jimmy G? Yes. But like, can I trust Jimmy G to just be the adult and operate Kevin Stefanski's offense better than Baker Mayfield? Because right now I don't trust Baker Mayfield to do that. And you know, Jimmy G is. Jimmy G is Jimmy G. He's Jimmy G Q. I mean, he looks better than he plays, but I mean, is he gonna? I just want to, I just let me see him fail in this offense because I've already seen Baker fail on it. And, and you know, I'm not gonna say that about everybody. I'm not gonna say that about, you know, someone like Marcus Mariota or someone like that. I mean, you, is it different? Is sometimes, you know, different better just because it's different? I mean, sometimes, but sometimes it's not. So, but, you know, I say all this, and at the end of the day, it's what do you, what are you willing to give up to get – It's because the more you give up, you're going to have to give up more to get a better upgrade than Baker Mayfield. If you want the Deshaun Watson, it's going to cost multiple first-round picks. If you want Deshaun Watson or you want Derek Carr, it's going to cost you a Garrett Wilson or a Jameson Williams because you're giving up that 13th pick that we have. You're just going to. It's And you're giving up several other picks after that, so – I mean, could could Deshaun Watson make up for the lack of receiving talent in your receiver room? Probably. It's just what you're willing to it's what you're willing to part with. <clears throat> Am I giving up a first round pick for Kirk Cousins? That's tough. That's tough. Am I gonna if because if I bring Kirk Cousins here, who the hell is Kirk Cousins gonna throw to? Jarvis yeah, and that's the, yeah. Well, that's the other thing. Well, yeah, that's the other thing is like your roster for the Browns is built in a way that you have the potential to win in the next year or two, because the way a lot of these contracts are set up is that like you get three to four years with most of your players. And whenever you line those up as a GM, you want to kind of stack them. So you have two or sometimes three year overlap where you have your 
seven, eight, nine core guys that are like the the main, the meat of your offense and your defense. And so the Browns are in that window right now where they have a, a great defense that we've talked about all season long on this podcast. And you have some offensive weapons that can really be, you know, pack a punch, so to speak. So if you're one or two missing pieces are, let's say, quarterback and wide receiver. Now, those are some expensive missing pieces, let's be honest. But if you have this two or three year window to where you can make a real push and and be a Super Bowl contender, you don't have time to wait for Baker to get better or to take a year to test out somebody like Jimmy G. You almost have to go get Deshaun Watson because that's a lot more of a guarantee. Now, obviously, there's other you know, strategies that you could use to try to to hit the right things that you need to in that window. But I mean, a lot of, a lot, I would imagine a lot of Browns fans are just worried, like how much longer can we play around with this situation of the one or two most important parts of our offense before, you know, David Njoku's gone or Miles Garrett signs some nasty mega million contract with the Rams or like, you know, how much longer can you wait to get those important pieces right to where the rest of the table set up you know, before it disappears. This why it sucks so bad that Baker's might not be, and in my opinion, is not the guy. Because if you miss on your quarterback, especially when you draft one, it messes everything up. Because if you have to go out and be the Rams and get a Matthew Stafford and give up all those picks to get them, if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, they don't win the Super Bowl next year, that roster is fucked. They have all their money is wrapped up in like four players and they don't have a lot of picks to rebuild it. So this is why though, this is why back when we started this podcast, we were like Baker has to be special because he has to cover up for the holes that we will have eventually or the misses that they have that they're going to have, or he has to be able to make up for a, a not so great receiving whore because you can't pay, you know, uh, you can't have, the Bengals are a bad example because two of those guys are on rookie deals. You can't, the Bengals are not going to be able to pay all three of those guys. Eventually it's, they're just one of the, somebody's going to be the odd man out. It's just how the NFL works because it's salary cap. So you just gotta, it sucks. It's, it's going to suck if Baker's not the guy because then you're talking about going out and giving up picks, giving up ways to fill out that roster, to make your roster better. Um, and you know what? If you don't get a special quarterback, if you get a Jimmy G or, you know, someone like that, you got to you can't be giving up your first round pick because you need that first round pick to put a weapon to go with Jimmy G. So or you have to have the cap space to go out and essentially buy somebody that's already established. Right. And if you trade for a Kirk Cousins, you're trading for a thirty five million dollar contract that kind of squeezes you a little bit on paying a wide receiver. So it's it's I'm glad it's not my job. Um, it's Andrew Barry's job to figure it out, figure all that out, because it doesn't sound fun. Um, and you're like, Riley, why did you just spend 20 minutes talking about a quarterback uh, or the quarterback change when, you know, Ann Rappaport and Tom Pelissero came out Sunday um, and said that the and basically wrote a story about how the Browns said that Baker is their guy? Because that doesn't mean shit, guys. I mean, come on. You think that means anything? Do you, what did you want them to say? Did you want them to come out and say, well, Baker's our quarterback until, you know, we can work out a deal to get Kirk Cousins here. And then he's not going to be our quarterback anymore. Like, what did you think was going to happen? Do you think that the, you think, I mean, everybody loves Andrew Barry. Everybody loves Kevin Stefanski. You think they were going to do that? No. I mean, no. it's, it means nothing. It means apps. That means that report. You might've, you, you wasted all of our time and all of us are dumber for it. That's what I want <laughs> Like it was, well, I you can't I, ask those guys a question that they're not going to give you an honest answer to. Like to me, something like that seems silly because you like exactly like you're saying, what do you expect them to say? Like, oh yeah, this is the guy we're going to go for. Okay, sure. Yeah. Then they just tipped their hand to everything they want to do. Then that player's value skyrockets, which ends up costing them a lot more money or more draft picks or whatever it is. So it's like, what's the, exactly what you're saying. What's the point of writing that? Because you know, how can you pretend that it's honest? 
Or you can't secure anyone and you're stuck with Baker for another year and you just killed his confidence because he told him that, he, you know, you were going to try and replace him, essentially. So it's just how the business is done. And I'd like to think that most of us are smart enough to understand that. Um, unfortunately, a lot of my, the ride with six crowd on Twitter um, does not pick up on that. And for some reason, is taking it as gospel uh, that he will be there next year. Um, like I said, in all reality more than likely just the way things work out in the NFL he he probably will be but that doesn't that doesn't mean we're out of the woods with Baker Mayfield and that doesn't mean he's going to be the starter in 2022 he's oh, also in a weird spot because like when you're talking about you know him coming back and being the starter so like for reference here's a quick stat in 2011 which was the first year uh, that they started doing those new rookie contracts with the fifth year options so between 2011 and 2018 which is when baker was drafted there were 25 quarterbacks that were drafted in the first round so 2018 is baker's draft year baker will only be the third quarterback out of that 25 that are playing on a fifth year option with no extension or having been let go by their fifth year option. So most of those guys by this point in their careers are either a yes or a no. So you got somebody like Blaine, Blaine Gabbert. Absolutely not. Get him out of here. But if you have a guy like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Andrew Lux, you're signing or Andrew Luck, you're signing him. No questions. Like it's a weird in-between spot for him to be in because like by this point, most people have made their decision on if this guy is a yes or a no. And right now it still seems like, 50 50 up in the air we'll see what happens he's our guy but you know that's not a very full-hearted you know it doesn't inspire confidence in me that they really believe that right now so it's just weird because like usually by now you know and you should know and that i think that because we don't know we do know we do, <laughs> the fact that you don't know you do know um but you know we're holding on to this rookie year where you know he played one team over 500 that was quarterbacked by Joe Flacco that he beat. Um, everybody else was under 500 that he beat. But, you know, he looked good his rookie year. He looked. And then the NFL figured him out. Um, he had terrible coaching. Wasn't very good the next year. The, the next year, uh, his first year under Kevin Stefanski was terrible. The first majority of the year, he had a very good run at the end. Um, and, you know, we're clinging on to that. You're clinging on to such a small sample size. And, you know, I would say I would probably argue that most of those guys – um, the 25 or whatever number you said, you know, there was, there was enough for them to not know. And they moved on. And I think that that, and you know what? And personally, I think that's, I think the Browns already know that Corey said that multiple times. He, he thinks the Browns already know, um, you know, he's gone as far as done the whole conspiracy theory with, you know, essentially Kevin Stefanski is, you know, basically just trying to prove that he's not the guy. I don't know if I want to go that far, but, you know, that's tinfoil hat stuff right there. Uh, <laughs> uh, Corey's not here to defend himself, so I don't want to go too far into that. Um, but I will say, I know a lot of people are clinging on to the play calling from the game on Sunday and how they were just running the shit out of the ball. Guys, I don't think that has anything to do with trying to expose Baker by making him throw against the Steelers. I think that that was just, hey, we're playing a really shitty backup Bengals squad. And, you know, this is the best approach. We don't want Case slinging the ball over the yard. I don't think that those thing, two things are correlated. I know that's the hot discussion, hot in the streets on Twitter right now is, you know, we run the ball, we win. You know, it's not that simple, especially when you're running into uh, a loaded box against the Ravens. You're averaging two yards a carry with Nick Chubb. Like, it's, not, it's, it's game to game. It's personnel to personnel. It's not that easy. Um, and even if you do think that, you know, the the best way for the Browns to win every single game is to run it 40 times, you are never going to win any meaningful games because to beat a Kansas City Chiefs team, to beat a Bills team, to beat uh, Aaron Rodgers Packers team, if you ever were to meet them in the Super Bowl, you have to be able to throw the ball. You have to be able to throw the ball effectively. And it's running it 40 times. This isn't the, the fucking 80s anymore. Like... <laughs> You, we, we need a quarterback who can throw the ball on an elite level. We can't we can't just be built on Nick Chubb and, you know, Dearness Johnson for the next 10 years. It's not going to work like that. So, uh, you know, knowing that it seems likely that Baker will be back next year, uh, like you said, who knows what really happens. But assuming he is back next year, what do you need to see from him in the offseason next year to, or, or, you know, at the beginning of next year to kind of change your mind? I mean, you've been very clear. You don't want him. You don't think he's good. 
but assuming he's going to play at least another 17 games next season, what do you want to see from him that could potentially change your mind? I mean, Corey would be better to answer this than I would because, you know, he's way better at this than I am as far as, you know, breaking down Baker's film. But, I mean, just to go off of what we talk about, you know, I want to see him. I want to see him run the offense the way he did, you know, down the stretch of 2020. I want the dude to freaking work on his footwork because it's an absolute disaster right now. I want him to get a quarterback coach in the – I'm sure Corey would agree with this. He, we want him to get a quarterback coach in the offseason. We don't want him to be like, oh, well, you know, I'm working on it all myself. You know, that's like saying that's like when you're failing math and you get a D in math and you tell your parents, hey, I think we're going to get you a tutor, uh, Timmy. And you're like, oh, no, I'm working on it all myself. You know, we're, I'm spending a lot of time in my room at night working on, you know, these equations. And you're still getting a C because you're clearly, you know, too stupid to teach yourself. You need someone who actually is like, you know, a professional at this to, you know, help you be a a better math student. You know, I it's 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 not rocket science or math science or, you know, rocket math, whatever you want to say. <laughs> it's a uh, it's just 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 work on him just I want him to work on himself. I want him to be a better quarterback. I want him to I want to see the guy that we saw coming out of Oklahoma, you know, his rookie year that we were all so excited about. I want to see you know, the, the, I mean, people, you've seen the, you've seen these videos on Twitter of the dude playing in his rookie year. Like, I mean, I know they're not good teams and I know that there's no tape on him, but he's slinging the ball around the yard and people want to blame Stefanski for like trying to rein him in and, you know, make him do just what Stefanski, like, d- don't deviate from the plan. Just do, do what I hit the guy that I'm hoping. Okay. Well, you're not hitting the guy that Stefanski's scheming up for you. I just want to, I want to see that version of Baker harnessed into Kevin Stefanski's system that works and I mean I don't know if that person is in there anymore so it's going to take like the dude's going to have to like go down to like New Orleans and see like a voodoo doctor and get whatever demons are inside (laughs) of him out of him because like it's I don't I don't know man I feel like he's too far gone but if but yeah he's going to be back next year so (laughs) And maybe, I don't know, everybody wants, everybody blames the receiving core. Everybody blames the fancy. So maybe if they get a better receiving core, um, you know, they add a Garrett Wilson or a Jamison Williams, or they go out and sign, you know, um, you know, Gallup, Michael Gallup would have been nice before his new blew out or someone like that who can, you know, compliment a DPJ or um, an Anthony Schwartz or whoever is going to be here next year. Maybe, he, maybe that helps. I don't know. I mean... It's hard when it's hard when you know these things that he's doing are not because everybody wants to play. And that's why the injury sucks so bad this year, because the injury is either either Corey and I are wrong and it's all the injury. And that's why he looks like this. And that's why he hasn't played well. And it's affecting his mentals, uh, the things that he's not doing right that aren't affected by an injury. Or the injury is just the ultimate excuse to bring him back next year because everybody can just blame it on the injury. He is the guy we saw at the end of 2020. And, you know, that would be that's why the injury sucks is because he couldn't just fail on his own without the injury. So we could know. And then there's also the mystery of what if it is the injury? What if the injury is the reason why why he's playing so bad? So, I mean, it was... It's a total wrench, and, and and it was his contract where you're supposed to be extending him. Like it was just terrible timing on everything. But I've about exhausted myself on Baker Mayfield. I feel like you know, I mean, he's the he's the he's the potential franchise. I mean, we're going to talk about Baker every week. So if you don't like talking about the quarterback, I mean, this probably isn't the pod for you. But I would do want to talk a little bit about the game yesterday because even though it was a preseason game, you know, not a lot of you know marquee players were playing. The Browns did win, and a lot of, of our a lot of our young players, like an AJ Green, who I was talking about, how this Browns team has depth. Greedy Williams, you know, Greedy Williams is your third or fourth corner on this team. AJ Green is your fourth or fifth. Um, you know, Jacob Phillips had a nice sack. Jacob Phillips, if he can stay healthy, this dude, I mean, this Browns defense has the potential to be really, really good. We if we can. And I want to talk about Jadavion Clowney because the dude balled out yesterday. He had two sacks. You know, he had nine on the year. He's like had a super, you know, he didn't even really play with the Titans last year. You know, he was looking for a big money, big money contract this 
past offseason. He didn't get it. Came to Cleveland, played with Miles Garrett. You know, I don't know if they can keep Jadavian Clowney on this roster with some of the other stuff that they have to do. But, man, I would try extremely hard because we kind of pride ourselves on, like, having a really good back end. We got a lot of studs in the in the um in the third level but you know a lot of that has to do with you know miles garrett and someone like jadamian Clowney getting just absolutely causing havoc up front he's great in the run game i mean he's pretty much everything you want and i am watching right now the national all right he's getting up i saw jameson williams go down uh clutching his knee okay never mind he's still he's still holding it he's still holding his knee so this could be not great not um, good bob yeah, this is why you want a high of draft pick as possible because when things like this happen, you know, your your options at 13 are diminishing, you know. If somebody else wants the best receiver in the in the uh in the draft this year and they oh my gosh. Oh, that is his knee. Oh, yep, that is his knee. That is his knee. That freaking sucks. So yeah, guys, that's a little live reaction for you. Um he's getting helped <laughs> off the field. <laughs> You know, when I'm talking about Garrett Wilson and Jamison Williams in, earlier in this pod, uh, maybe just, you know, take out the gym. We'll just edit that. We'll edit <laughs> Jamison Williams out because that just did not look good. And now we're talking about someone like Traylon Burks or, you know, Chris Olave. Um, you know, one of those guys who would be maybe probably be the second or uh, third receiver. Um, so if someone in the top 10 is looking for a receiver, you're in trouble because your options are going to be diminishing at 13. Um but yes, to just to get back to the game though, and you know, I was talking about Jadavian Clowney and how I think that he should be at the top of the list. But there's also a possibility where Jadavian Clowney played his last game as a Brown yesterday. And there's some other Browns who may have played their last game as a Brown yesterday. People like, you know, Jarvis Landry. We have no idea what's gonna happen with Jarvis Landry next year. He's he's the I, I can almost promise you that the Browns are not paying Jarvis Landry thirteen to fourteen million dollars next year especially and you know i'm not going to put his production this year on him necessarily um you know the entire offense was a mess but even the going back the year prior like you that production does not earn you 13 to 14 million dollars in the nfl so he may be back um you know he's a leader of this team i think that jarvis landry has a lot of value and could have some have some value outside of the browns so is someone else going to pay jarvis landry two million dollars a year Maybe. Um, so, you know, if they're like, hey, go. If Andrew Barry's like, hey, Jarvis, you know, we love you here in Cleveland. The fans love you. We want you back. But it has to be, you know, seven, eight million dollars. Go out and see if you can find more than that. OK, well, someone might value Jarvis Landry. Someone with a lot of cap, cap money, cap space might value Jarvis Landry at ten million dollars. And Jarvis is gone. So you so it's really cool that he got a touchdown yesterday. Um because, you know, we don't – it's not – NFL, not for long. That's what it stands for. You know, it's a huge cliche, but that could have been Jarvis's last game as a Brown. I hope it's not. Um, I hope it is um, at his current contract, but I hope it's not his last game as uh, as a uh, as a Brown. You know, me and Corey shit on Jarvis sometimes, especially Corey. But, you know, at the end of the day, he is – you know, he is – he didn't change the Browns' culture, but he – is a leader in that locker room. And I think that he has value to the Browns. It just depends on what price. Um, JC Treader, the center who has played probably is pretty under, he's under, gone under the radar every year he's been, he's never made a pro bowl, um, but he's a solid center. He might be, I mean, he's the old, he, he's one of the oldest players on the Browns right now. He, I think he's 29 or 30 and, you know, they got Nick Harris. He, Nick Harris got some snaps um, when JC Treader was out the other week and looked pretty and looked really good. Like, he might have played his last game. Uh, David Njoku, I know everybody wants David Njoku back, and I, I'm one of those people. Um, you know, we're kind of hamstrung by this Austin Cooper contract. Um, they'd have to work it out so maybe they could, you know, push David's money, you know, down the road after they can get out from under Austin Hooper's money to keep him here. But I think everybody wants David Njoku. But, I mean, you know, tight ends, there are not a lot of good tight ends in the NFL. There are some really special ones, and then there's a – couple okay ones and then the rest are just completely interchangeable just big ugly white dudes you could swap them out couldn't even t couldn't pick them out of a lineup so i mean someone like njoku has a lot of value to this team i mean he is one of i think outside of nick chubb he might have led the team in touchdowns this year 
Like the dude, the dude is valuable for the Browns, and I think that that is one that the Browns have to figure out how they do it. today. He said that he wants to be in Cleveland for the rest of his career. I mean, I'm sure that you know Andy Janovich would, if the media gave a fuck about what Andy Janovich had to say, you know, our fullback, that he would probably say that he wants to be in Cleveland for the rest of his career. You know why? Because he'd love to have a new contract, a four-year contract to stay with the Browns. Everybody wants to, unless you're Antonio Brown and you just shoot from the hip and say whatever the hell you're feeling. Um, I feel like if Antonio Brown was a Cleveland Brown, he would probably, and didn't want to be a Brown. He would definitely let you know. It was like, no, I actually don't want to be here for the rest of my career. I actually really want to go somewhere else. But other than that, everybody's going to say that. Um, but you know, there's been stuff about like, you know, miles trying to convince Clowney to come back. I mean, that's awesome, but you know, money talks, that's really all they care about. They don't give a, they don't give a crap about, you they don't give a crap about the cleveland browns uh tradition the logo they don't give a they should they don't give a crap about swagger jr um but i mean it's all about money it's all about the money so just keep that in mind you know could be the last time you see those guys but yeah we know but you know and then i want to talk a little bit about some of the uh the positives you could take out of losing a couple draft positions by winning that meaningless game yesterday and one is you don't have to end this season on a four-game losing streak. You know, everybody gets to go out. Did the game mean anything? Did you miss the playoffs? Yes. Do you have to go into the offseason, you know, with that awful taste in your mouth? No. I mean, you you went – if, if there wasn't an extra game this year, you know, you might have gotten 500. Um, instead, you're below 500. Um, but, you know, you're not, you didn't lose four straight. I will say that. Um you know, if that means so, I feel like that does mean something. I feel like if you're, you know, Jadavian Clowney had got to have a really nice game yesterday because he played. Do you think he's not going to be thinking is if that's his last memory on the Browns field? And he, you know, he's like, yeah, man, I went out there and balled out. You think that doesn't that will play? It's not going to play everything. Ultimately, it'll come down to money. But the fact that he went out there, they won the game and he played well. That'll mean something to him. Um so, I mean, those are just some of the positives that you could take away from. And you won the game. You At the end of the day, you won the game. You beat the you beat the division champs twice this year. You swept them. You're not in last place because of some weird tiebreaker with the – or the division uh, – it was really just the division records because the Ravens, I think, only won one division game against us this year. Um, so, they're in last place. So, you're not – you didn't finish in last two years in a row. That's progress. You know, so there are some good things to take away along with, you know, some of our younger players like DBJ playing playing really well. Demetric Felton got a touchdown. Um, you know, I th- think it's hard to forget because they are, well, at least DBJ was like a big part of our offense this year, especially after Odell Beckham Jr. left. But, I mean, to get production, you're not supposed to get this kind of production out of sixth-round picks. Sixth-round picks are not supposed to make your roster when you have a good team you know the old browns you know you're relying on a fifth and sixth rounder to start and play meaningful snaps snaps but i mean you know the fact that these two young guys are going out there um you know if if for some reason you know they can't i mean kareem hunt's gone in a year i think he has another year on his deal you know if felon can kind of step into that more receiving back role that'll be huge he's six round pick guys i mean any anything you get from him is gravy at this point. You know he looked good yesterday. You know he's had his rookie moments. You know shorts. God, that's an ugly drop. That is such an ugly drop he had. But you know he he is what he is. They overdrafted him. I think Corey would would be the first to tell you that. Um, and he loves the guy. He loved the guy. Um, but he's he's gonna take time if he's gonna be anything. Um. You know, he he probably wasn't going to play a lot um, if someone like Odell Beckham Jr. was still here. Um, but, you know, he he's, he's a project. That's all I'm going to say about Anthony Schwartz. Uh, can't drop that ball. Terrible. Um, but, yeah, and, and then those young guys on defense, A.J. Green, Grant Delpit, Grady Williams, Jacob Phillips, you know, Mac Wilson, I, Corey and Mac Wilson, I think, uh, would fight in uh, a death match if they could. Um but, you know, Mac Wilson has quietly had a decent year. Um, is he going to be a part of the long-term Browns plan? I doubt it. But, you know, these young guys on defense are are playing well. Um, you've held I, – I forget what the actual stat is, but you've held um, teams under 16 points in, like, um, 
I think it's like nine out of it was either. I think it might be even more than nine. I need to look it up, Aaron. If you could find that, um, how many uh, how many times we've held the opposition under sixteen points this year? I think it's like a crazy high number, which is really like you know for and we talk about it, but for a defense who you thought was going to be the question mark, they have absolutely balled out this year. So that's encouraging. So if you can just you know get your offense back to something respectable next year, you're going to be all right. Um, but uh, I think that's all I really have for the game. Um, you know, this week, I really want to wait till Corey comes back. Hopefully he can come back. I don't know. He did just give birth, so I can't like hate on him too much to, to, or rush him back too quickly. Uh, but I do kind of want to wait to do like a, like a whole like season review breakdown with him. Um, but you know, as for the Browns, you know, they're going to be doing their exit interviews this week. Um, and you know, they'll, and then we're just going to get into the offseason, guys, and it's going to be fun because we're going to be talking about, you know, like I said earlier, bringing in new players to make our team better, you know, seeing some old faces go, um, maybe extending some people and locking those people in. This is a really young roster, and, you know, if we can add a couple pieces there, this is – and you can get the quarterback position right or fixed. I will say right or fixed. Um, Giving him the you know, option. Yeah, I am giving the option. That's right. Uh, you know, we're this is a good team, guys. We didn't play well this last season. Um, it was a nightmare season for a lot of people, uh, myself included. It was to the point where it was just painful to watch. It was just you knew exactly what was going to happen. You knew the script before it was even written. Um, and, you know, I am going to miss the Browns. I'm going to miss the Browns season. But, you know, I'm part of me is happy that it's over and we get to turn our page to the offseason and, you know, improving some of the areas that we definitely were lacking this year. So for defense, we were uh, asking me to look up nine games this year. The Browns held opposing opponents to 16 or less points. Yeah, that's awesome. Over half the games. Yeah, that is that's awesome. Uh, he because and it's just so sad because you lost nine games. Um, and a lot of those were probably be because you couldn't score more than 16 points. Like I would like how many of those I right off the top of my head, the Steelers Steelers scored 15 points on us. We lost to them. Uh, seven, seven games. You haven't scored more than 16 points. If we could have just gotten the 20 points, you know, that's two touchdowns and two field goals. It would, you know, that's just that's just how broken this offense. And that just goes back to, like, why I'm ready to turn the page. Because this was not a fun year. It wasn't it wasn't 20. Uh, it wasn't 2019 bad with Freddie Kitchens, but it wasn't fun. <laughs> but, yeah, the, you know what is going to be fun is the offseason. So everybody get hyped up for that. We are going to still be doing. I was supposed to say this. God damn it, Aaron. I forgot again. <laughs> I'm supposed to uh, I'm supposed to ask you guys to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast at the beginning, but you know I'll just do that at the end now because I forgot again. One of these days I'll remember. But yeah, we're still gonna be doing our uh, live stream. Um, I'm gonna be paying up on our survivor bet. I'm gonna be drinking twelve cold ones, uh, possibly vomiting, uh, and it's all gonna be on camera. So you're not gonna want to miss that. We're gonna be giving away a Nick Chubb jersey. It's gonna be awesome. But Aaron, let's let's uh let's head out with the game's game because. Man, it was a wild – aside from our game, our game was very boring, but it was a wild week in the NFL. Yes, it was. So we'll start with Chiefs-Broncos, 28-24. Who thought one of the worst teams in the league is in the Broncos would play the Chiefs that close? That's wild to me. Well, didn't the Broncos have a chance to make the playoffs if they won this game? So that's or, And some other shit had to break right for them too, but I mean – it's kind of wild because I feel like Drew Locke did like just enough for the Broncos to like, you know, this guy, this guy right here, John <laughs> we'll Elway. Yeah, he might have something with this guy. So we'll pay him. See what happens. Yeah, he's uh, Broncos are. And I want to get into that maybe maybe later on the week. But I want to talk about uh, essentially because we sit at 13 right now in the draft position. Um, and, you know, people like Minnesota are in front of us and, uh, you know, people like some quarterback needy, needy teams are ahead of us. Um, so people like the Washington football team who could be looking for a quarterback. Denver could be looking for a quarterback. All these teams that are ahead of us who will have more appealing picks to trade for someone like a Deshaun Watson, hopefully, probably not. 
Or Kirk I was going to say, Houston, Houston needs a quarterback, and they're sitting at three. Yeah, I mean, that's – but the, the problem I'm talking about, like, established – you know, teams who are looking to not draft a quarterback, but essentially, you know, trade their picks to get an established one. Um, and I don't know if Houston's in that boat because they are such a bad team all the way around. So that I could even potentially see Houston riding out with Davis Mills just because they need so many other things before they can even think about quarterback. But a team that, like, you know, feels like they're close, like a Carolina, even though it would be so hilarious if they went out and traded for another quarterback. So I don't know if they'll do that. <laughs> uh, you know, New York Giants are ahead of us. They might be done with, even though they're keeping Joe Judge for some reason, you know, he might be done with Daniel Jones. Uh, you know, Atlanta's in front of us. They might be looking to get rid of Matt Ryan. They might be one of the teams who want to draft a quarterback. And then Denver's going to be looking for a quarterback. And the football team's going to be looking for a quarterback. Um, so, I mean, I do want to talk about that sometime because, you know, that's another thing about having 13th pick is it's not as appealing as those other picks that are, you know, farther up there. That's why sometimes, you know, you got to root for the tank. But, yeah, let's get back on track. Uh, the Chiefs, <laughs> I'm so glad they're playing the Steelers first round. Thank God. They're going to absolutely sh- – shit pump them it's gonna be great yeah it's the Steelers are getting waxed no question about it all right uh next was Cowboys Eagles Cowboys 51 Eagles 26 that was uh more points than I expected the the boys to score that's for sure they were them boys this week that is for sure the uh Gardner Minshew uh may not be the law I think he ruled himself out of being the uh long-term answer in Philly this year but you know Still hell of a guy, hell of a guy to look at. But uh, yeah, the <laughs> Eagles get the Bucks. Um, Tom Brady, a little revenge against the Eagles this year. Mm. Mm, interesting. Uh, moving on, Washington uh, football team and New York Giants. Uh, Washington 22, Giants 7. Dude, did you see Joe Judge's press conference after the game where he was basically like individually defending like all of these like situational game calls like when they did a QB sneak on what was it like third and third and nine yeah third and third and eight or third and nine third and eight on your own like seven or whatever it was he's like yeah we wanted to get more room for the punter I'm like how much what's two yards gonna I mean two yards makes a difference if you're backed up in your own end zone but I'm just like dude you, you gotta quit trying so hard I just cannot believe that they're keeping Joe Judge and they're getting like it's fine with me because I don't give a damn about the Giants. Like, you guys can suck all you want. Um, but here's what's going to happen. They're going to hire a GM. They're still going to be bad. Joe Judge is still going to be bad. And then that GM is going to want to pick his own coach. And then they're going to still be bad. Then they're going to have to bring in a new coach and start the whole regime over again, essentially. And, you know, the Giants are not going to be good for another six years. And, you know, that's that's some Cleveland shit, Giant. And you I expect a little better from the, you know, the John, you know, the they, people act like the New York Giants are this esteemed franchise and they always get it right. And they got these great owners. Well, you guys need to pull your head out of your ass because you guys are about to <laughs> you guys are about to go freaking five and twelve again. Rough. All right. Um Steelers Ravens. Steelers uh, sixteen, Ravens thirteen. Honestly, fuck the Steelers. Fuck Big Ben, and he's fat, and I'm mad that he's going to the playoffs. Next. <laughs> Next. Uh, this was another interesting and surprising one. Packers 30, Lions 37. Lions pulling two major upsets in one season. That's pretty wild. And honestly, Lions, we'll get into this in a minute, but Lions winning that game makes sure that Jacksonville kept the first pick in the draft. Yeah, you know, the Lions – screwed themselves and i don't know if you could call it a huge uh comeback because you know i think aaron Rodgers only played like a half um but yeah the lions i guess you know that amon ross st brown receiver dude he might have been a steal i think they drafted him like the second or third round but he his last couple games have been he's looking like a a true number one they are not missing kenny Galladay at all um he's sticking it up with the giants right now but i don't know man the lions are weird a weird team i'm not gonna take too much away the packers had the number one seed locked up so they didn't need this game so good for you lions you beat the packers and you cost yourselves the first overall pick good job i guess moving right along to the first overall pick maybe the most surprising result of the weekend colts 11 jaguars 26 throw up in my mouth please yeah, it's, I mean, I may as well just let you take this one. You, how are <laughs> well, you feeling? 
in what might be the worst loss in franchise history by the Indianapolis Colts. And there have been some, like, gut-wrenching ones. Like, a lot of those years when Peyton loses to Tom Brady in the playoffs, like, yeah, all those suck. But, like, you had, like, I don't know, a 96% chance to win. Jaguars are, like, 31st in offense and 32nd in defense in the league. Or maybe it's a flip-flop of that. I don't know. It was disgusting. And the, the, the biggest problem is that it's not on one person. And... I don't want to start off on my soapbox about Carson Wentz, but the offensive line played terribly. The defense didn't get any takeaways. The whole game was disgusting. Yeah, I don't have much to add to that. I'm sorry, um, but also <laughs> but also, uh, screw the Colts because you let the Steelers in the playoffs. Yeah, I didn't want to see them there either. All right, we'll move along. Uh, Bears 17, Vikings 31, Zimmer and uh, GM quickly fired afterwards um yeah tear it down tear it all to the ground oh i'm sorry i gotta add in two matt nagy and uh what's the bears gms they're both fights four four dudes fired from one game both gms both head coaches yeah Corey would like me to say that if you hire a defensive-minded head coach for justin real fields he will burn the city of chicago to the ground (laughs) will personally drive there. <laughs> yeah, I don't it's it's so weird because the what do you do if you're the Vikings? You have a talented roster, you have this quarterback who's, you know, isn't good enough to get you over the hump with your roster. Um do you tear it down or do you just try to reload? I mean, that's that's going to be a I think that's the, of all the firings, that's probably the most appealing job maybe i don't know maybe chicago is because or jackson chicago yeah probably chicago or jacksonville because they have those two young quarterbacks and we know that we know who Kirk cousins is but we don't quite know who trevor lawrence and justin fields are in the nfl so maybe those are more appealing but the overall roster i would definitely say the vikings have the most talented so that'll be interesting to watch but yeah it was probably time for mike zimmer and the vikings to part ways yep he's had his chances and i don't know at some point, you just got to move along and try something else. Um, Titans and Texans. Titans 28, Texans 25. Titans lock up the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, really, in my opinion, I don't want to say the surprise team of the year in the Titans, but they have done nothing but impress everybody the entire year, with or without Derrick Henry. Yeah, I think you nailed it. It's the fact that they haven't had Derrick Henry. The kind of the, you know, people say that Ryan Tannehill is really only good because of Derrick Henry or, you know, and they've been without A.J. Brown and Julio Jones a lot this year. So, but they just keep winning games. You know, they, it's, people don't want to take them for real, but at one point, who do they not have to have for you to not take, for you to take them for real? I mean, their defense is greatly improved than it was last year, you know, I don't I mean they beat the Chiefs early year. I don't know how much you're gonna take away from that, but I mean I'd still my money would still be on the Chiefs to come out of the AFC, but I mean it's going through Tennessee. So we'll see. Um yeah, I'd rather see Nashville's, the I'd rather see the, the the Titans get their chance than, you know, the, the Chiefs again who have been there, you know, God knows and will be there, you know, God knows how many more times. So Yeah, and I like to see teams that don't typically get in that conversation. You know, it's just fun for that fan base, like Nashville's not an easy place to play. It's an outdoor stadium. It's getting cold out. We're starting to see some snow. So, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff out of Tennessee. Uh, next one is Saints and Falcons. Saints 30, Falcons 20. I mean, thank God the Saints didn't make the playoffs. That's the last. I don't want to see Taysom Hill play a playoff game. <laughs> Does anyone? And the Fal- and the Falcons, what? I mean, give i'm gonna give arthur smith some credit i mean he's won he won what seven games this year i think um you know they that was like almost twice as many as they won last year so he is improving i mean i don't think that you're ready to kick him out the door by any means but like are is that one of those teams that you're gonna let arthur smith pick his guy you know calvin ridley is talking about how they might be go headed for a divorce do you is matt ryan gonna want to be in atlanta if his only weapon is kyle pitts you know a second year tight end I don't know. Maybe you call the Browns. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah Matt, Matt Ryan's on the uh, downhill slope here with his career, too. So it's not, you know, not that he's playing poorly, but like he's only getting older. 
Yeah, well, if you can get them for a decent price, then, you know, that's something I would, would interest me. I'm not trading a first-round pick for Matt Ryan, though. Nor should you. Seahawks 38, Cardinals 30. What the fuck are the Seahawks? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even, like, in the... I mean, this seems like the Cardinals' mo. Like they just they start off super hot, and they with Cliff Kingsbury, anyways, and they just and they just fade towards the end. I don't know what they're gonna do in the playoffs. They split this year with the Rams, so we'll see how that goes. Um, they got them the first round. I don't know what to make of the Cardinals. I think yeah, they're like a tale of two halves in a sense of like first half of the season, second half of the season. I mean, you get through like first what like eight nine games of the season and they were like unbeatable and then they lose two or three straight barely beat the cowboys i don't know there can who knows who knows with them and then yeah the seahawks i don't even know tear it to the ground tear it to the ground yeah i don't know i mean is the pete carroll thing has that run its course like i mean they've had success he's done great things but i don't know how long do you continue he said he feels like he's in a great spot with with the organization, but I don't know why would you, if if you if Russell Wilson leaves, why would he want to stay there? He's in his seventies. Like you're the rest of the team is outside of wide receiver is terrible. I mean, just go home, go to Florida, Pete. <laughs> go to Florida, Pete, and play some golf and just you know ride this hot ball of fire off into the sunset. Yeah, he's got that Tom Brady thing going where he's going to live forever because all he eats is kale and mushrooms or something. I don't know. All he eats is gum, dude. It's all he yeah, eats. <laughs> true. All right. Uh, Jets and Bills. Jets 10, Bills 27. Thanks for participating this year, Jets. <laughs> you get the yellow ribbon. Yeah, I don't even know what to make of the Bills either because I feel like they beat up on the really bad teams and then – don't play well against the good team. So we'll see. Uh, I like Josh Allen. I like Buffalo Bills fans. So that would also be a team that I would be rooting for this playoff team. Uh, Buccaneers 41, Panthers 17. Anyone quit during this game? <laughs> Other than the Panthers, I guess. I mean, God, Matt Rule's a mess, dude. Him explaining why they ex- gave Sam Darnold the fifth-year option was kind of painful i'm gonna be honest but yeah tom brady i mean i know it's it's all aaron Rodgers hype for the mvp but the dude's 44 years old he's just you know set his own passing yards record this year he's got like 40 something touchdowns i mean what more do you want from tom brady for like why he should be up there in the they i think they have the same they have the same his team has the same record as aaron Rodgers. like you know you know i'm a tom brady guy so i'm a tom brady stand so i'm a you know, make any case I can for the guy. But, I mean, come on. He's 44 years old, man. He's got a 90 QBR, 78% completion percentage. Oh, this, But, I mean, I'm just saying. The other impressive thing about them is that, like, as great as Tom Brady is, it's not like they're winning a bunch of, like, shootout games. Like, their defense you hear nothing about. And, you know, I think that's definitely a big part of why they're winning some games. Yeah, their defense is yeah, yeah, their defense is still good, don't get me wrong, but they definitely have taken a step back this year, so. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying is they don't have any like stars. They don't have any stars that you hear about week in week out talking on Sports Center every day and they find a way to get it done, which is all you got to do. That's what happens when you have an elite quarterback, you can cover up for the things you don't have. If you have a Chris Godwin go down with an injury, um, or you have uh, another great receiver take his shirt off and leave through the end zone. Um, you know, it's not the end of the world. It was kind of cool that he stayed in the game to get uh, Gronk his uh, million dollar incentive bonus or whatever it was that he like refused to come out of the game uh, <laughs> until Gronk got his like catching needed or whatever for him to hit his million dollar incentive. That's cool. Best buds, dude. I hope that you would do that for me if. Uh, if I were ever, if I ever had to talk for like two extra minutes on a podcast for like fifty minutes, and I was at like forty-eight, I would, I would hope that you would make me keep going, no matter how mad I wanted to stop. I would tee you up with the perfect question, Riley. How is your hair feeling today? 
you know, it's still there for the most part, I guess. That's good. Moving right along to uh, equally unimportant topics, Patriots and Dolphins. Patriots 24, Dolphins 33. There's nothing to say about that game. I Like, I don't know. Like, it's weird. Dolphins tearing it down. Yeah, I hope they. I hope they don't get Sean Watson. Is that the most points the Dolphins have scored all year? Maybe. Um, Gotta could. be close, right? It could definitely be. It could definitely be. And they be. And they they sweat the Patriots this year, which is, you know, very un Miami like. <laughs> yeah, Brian Flores out there too. 49ers and Rams. Uh, 49ers 27, Rams 24, which is overtime. I meant to correct you on that earlier. It was an overtime game, so 49ers come back in overtime to win. Rams still win the division, so it's the same deal there. Yeah, a lot of people hating on Matthew Stafford right now because he's throwing picks in crunch time, but or like people blaming Odell Beckham Jr., which, you know, I don't – people are saying he ran the wrong route. I mean, whatever, dude. Odell Beckham Jr. has all I know is Odell Beckham Jr. has like four touchdowns since he left the Browns, and you know he had zero when he was here. So, <laughs> all you OBJ haters, get out of get out of uh, Corey's mentions because nobody's ever in my mentions. Well, did you see Sean McVay almost got flagged because he wanted to get in on the touchdown celebration? He was like running around in the end zone, high fiving dudes and like chest bumping them and stuff. The ref came over. He's like, "Dude, you got to get back to the sideline." Like, bro, you gotta you gotta chill out. We gotta game game to officiate here. Uh, all right, last one and possibly the most infuriating game of the weekend: Chargers thirty-two, Raiders thirty-five. The fact that he did not shank the kick on purpose, not only to be a statistical and historical anomaly, but also to let the Pittsburgh Steelers into the playoffs. Why are the Chargers calling a timeout? Don't call the timeout. Run out the clock. Be done with it. He said he wanted to like get the right personnel out there for to block the field goal. I don't. I don't know, man. I mean, from the from everybody and the else's everybody wanted the tie. Literally, everyone wanted to the tie except for like Chargers, Steelers, and Raiders fans. Everyone. It was like the first time our country was united on something. Um, <laughs> But, like, and it would have been so funny. It would have been so freaking funny if the Steelers missed the playoffs because the Raiders and Chargers tied. And it was even crazy. Like, we were joking about it all day. Like, you know, (laughs) what if they tie? You know, that's never going to happen. But then they're about to tie. That fourth quarter comeback was crazy. They're about to tie. It is possible. Everybody's dreams could become a reality. And Brandon Staley's like, I'm going to outthink the room. And, you know, whatever. I mean, who knows if the Raiders were really going to, like, you know, take the knee and take the tie. Um, Like, some of them were saying they were. We don't know for sure. They might just be playing the result. Um, But, you know, the the Raiders and the Chargers, you know, would we take the tie so that, you know, if if we could keep the Chiefs out of the playoffs, would we – maybe the Chiefs are a bad example because we would actually want to keep the Chiefs out of the playoffs because they're really good. If we wanted to keep, you know – the Colts, if we wanted oh, to yeah, keep yeah. the Colts out of the playoffs, and would we tie with the rate? Would we agree to a tie with the Ravens if we could kick a field goal and win the game, and the the Ravens wouldn't make the playoffs? I mean, I mean, it's not important to us because we're Browns fans, and the Chargers aren't our rivals. But I mean, the Chargers and Ravens are rivals, so if you can keep your rival out of the playoffs, you're probably going to want to do it. Like, and plus, I'd rather if you, if it comes down to it, I'd rather play the Steelers than the Chargers again. Because the Steelers suck. Well, the annoying part about it as well was that, like, Derek Carr in his postgame press conference is, like, all emotional. I'm so proud of this team. We've been through – which they have been through a lot. I'm, I don't want to take that away from him. But, like – I mean, one of the players like did kill somebody, Aaron. No, what I'm saying is you act like all week you didn't hear, oh, if they tie, this is the scenario. If you tie, this would be crazy. This would be awesome. Everybody wants to see it. And then he comes out there and he's like – yeah, we never had any intention of time. Like, we always, the game plan was always to win the game. You know, this team's been through a lot, yada, yada, yada. Again, not saying they haven't been through a lot. They have. But, like, don't act like you weren't reading that on Twitter all week, the same as the rest of us. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, but we were robbed, Aaron. We were robbed of the tie-off. I would have watched if they just went out there and need it for an hour. 
Just that's took turns more suggesting they should do. Just take took turns kneeing it out. That would have been that would have been great TV. I'm not even being like facetious. Like it would have been hilarious. Yeah. But nope. Alas, we are robbed of the tie off. Wild card weekend next week, baby. Yeah. Neither of our teams are a part of it, but you know, it is gonna be fun. It's gonna be, you know, these are the best teams in the league, minus the Steelers. So it's gonna be good, should be good football. Um my advice. I mean, I don't actually need to give this advice because we're all Browns fans and know how this works. Just find a lovable team, a lovable underdog, somebody who hasn't been there in a while. Cling on to them and root for them, and maybe they'll get their first. Maybe some team will get their first Super Bowl, or they'll get their first Super Bowl in like thirty years or something like that. Um, we should root for Buffalo. We should all root for the Bills because you know they're basically the the New York version of Cleveland. There we go. Yeah. Bills are our team. That's our official. I'll have to run that by Corey and uh, Ryan. And Riley Jr., but you know, we'll have, to, <laughs> um, we'll have to run that by them. But they, we will adopt them as our uh, playoff team. But yeah, man, season's over. This was fun, guys. Um, off season is going to be even better. I'm going to make that a guarantee right now. Um, you know, we got nothing but we got nothing but good things coming. Aside from a quarterback controversy that we're probably going to be dealing with all all uh, off season, everything else is going to be great. We're going to be adding talent. Not Jamison Williams probably now um, that he ha- no longer has an ACL, but uh, <laughs> you know we're going to be adding some talent. It's going to be cool. Um, if anything, you know, uh, you could take away from you know not having as high of pick as you know we would have liked. You know, Andrew Barry found JOK in the second round last year, and he's a stud. He's going to be a stud on this defense for. Years to come, they got Greg Newsom, who's also going to be a stud. They got him at pick 26 last year. It ultimately doesn't matter where you're picking. If you trust the guy making the picks, you know, the Steelers have done that for years. You know, TJ Watt was like the 29th or 30th pick, man. I mean, just trust your guys. It's going to be a good time. Draft season's going to be fun. Corey's going to be back soon, hopefully. Uh, not going to rush him back, but, you know, also, you know, we can rush him back because – we miss him and uh, draft season. You don't want to hear me break down these prospects, do you? I know you don't. So, but thank you for your continued support. Please subscribe, rate, and review. I'm saying at the end again when nobody's listening, but uh, you know I haven't checked the reviews recently. But I will check them after this. And if you're on there, I'll give you a shout out. And if you ever leave us a review, at this point, it's not happening very often. So. Yeah, I'll give you a shout out. Hell, I'll see. Put your name in there. I'll even give you a name by name shout out. Um, but yeah, just keep uh, if you're not following our Twitter account, it's nothing rhymes with orange podcast. Um, that's where you can find out the information um, about when the pods comes out um, about our live stream that's coming up. Um, thank you to Aaron for being with me today. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you. No problem. Happy to be here. Yes, and thank you to everybody who listened. We will talk to you, I'm going to say soon, because we'll see if we can get Corey back for the rest of this week. But there's nothing rhymes with orange.